Welcome to the HelloCraft Podcast, Episode 2. I'm Tina C. Monster, and each week I collect stories of your handmade life. Stories about how making and buying handmade connect us to our past and our future. This episode is my episode. I'll be telling you about my grandfather. And here it is. Hello, Craft. My name is Tina C. Monster, and I go co-print on anything and everything in small batches at my kitchen table. The number one influence on my obsession with making was my grandfather, John Ross Henry. I never got to tell him this. I do believe he would be extremely pleased that I have turned out to be almost as crazy about making as he was. John Ross Henry was not a warm and fuzzy grandfather. <laughs> he was a minor league baseball player who fought in both the Atlantic and Pacific during World War II. He once wrote that he thought about killing himself when he found out that he would be going back to the Pacific after his first tour of duty. But because of his family, he pressed on. When he was finally done fighting wars, he came home to Washington, D.C. and was a city bus driver for 25 years. You can imagine being a city bus driver for 25 years, how you would not be warm and fuzzy. He once told me when I was a kid that dogs don't lick you because they love you, but because you taste good. <laughs> he was that kind of grandfather. My grandfather was the kind of person who would and could make anything. One day, he was tired of standing on the front porch, so he went out and bought some wood and made a set of Adirondack chairs. He didn't have a pattern or a plan. He just made them. He needed a new bed. He didn't buy it. He made it. Shed in the backyard. He made it. Stairs in the front of the house were too steep. He threw up another set beside them. He was the kind of person whose garden was always ready to be picked. Need 10 pounds of parsley? He'd go and pick it for you. What I loved about his creations is that they were always sort of not quite right. Everything he made was a prototype, never perfect, always painted with the wrong shade of leftover paint from another project, but everything he made always lasted. After he died, I went into his room and took his bedside table. He had made it sometime in the 70s. It was a dark green little piece with paint from another project splattered on it. It is far too heavy for such a small piece of furniture. It must weigh 50 pounds. We call it the family heirloom. When I was a child, I would sit and watch him make things. No longer able to make life-size furniture, he turned to doll furniture made from wooden clothespins. I loved to pick up hundreds of them for him at the store as a kid and watch him come up with more and more pieces. It wasn't enough for him to just make the standard chairs and tables and beds. He made bunk beds and baby cribs and five or six different styles of chairs. Each set ended up having nearly 30 different pieces of furniture. And the most amazing thing about all of this was that he didn't have an end game for these pieces. I always got the feeling that he was just making and making because he had to. To feel alive, he just had to produce something. He would amass dozens and dozens of these sets, and we would always find people to give them to. Kids at his church, my friends, anyone who stopped by the house would get a set. When I was a teenager, my grandfather's diabetes left him blind. But this didn't stop him from making. He sat and listened to baseball games for hours on the radio as he carved small wooden sleigh Christmas tree ornaments. He made hundreds of them all year around, and once again with no real purpose except the making, the feeling that he could produce something. I was too self-absorbed at the time to tell him how much I respected this, and I wouldn't know until very recently how much watching him create had changed me, had worn off on me. This is a great sadness for me. Last year, when going through my grandfather's things, my father found some curious pieces. They're wooden plaques shaped like eagles, sort of standard patriotic fare, more of the slightly off creations that I had always loved from my grandfather. But the amazing thing is the inscription on the back of one of these pieces. It said, Made by John Ross Henry while fighting in the jungles of the Pacific. Wood cut from trees by John Ross Henry. Paintbrush made from hairs of John Ross Henry. Paint made from berries mixed with blood from John Ross Henry. And the dates that the works were finished. I can only imagine this man sitting terrified in the middle of a war, making art. This answered every question that I ever had about him. That making was his way of coping with stress and fear and life itself. 
And in answering these questions about him, I have also found answers to questions about myself. You can check out what I do at tinaseamonster.com. Now we want to hear from you. This podcast is 100% listener generated, so we want to hear who inspires you. We want to hear about your crafting successes and failures, funny and silly and sad stories of making and buying handmade. Just call our toll-free voicemail line at 888-317-3785. That's an 888 number, not an 800 number. This call is free in the U.S., but standard rates apply internationally. Tell us your story in five to seven minutes. Start it out the same way that I started out mine. Hello, Craft. My name is Blink, and I make Blink. Be sure to tell us your shop or blog URL at the end. You can get all this info, plus much, much more, online at hellocraft.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week for another episode of Hello Craft. <laughs>